In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including thank God for functional fucking offense. Hallelujah, praise Jesus, praise Superman, whoever it is. We've got it rolling on Motlake. Uh, I'm your host, Hooligan7. I am joined tonight by uh, Hood Husky, aka my posse's on dog way. Darker Knight and uh, making his return to the pod, uh, the second return uh, in a row. Welcome back, J Cap. How's everybody doing tonight? We chilling. What's, What's up? What's up, J Fax? J Washington Wednesday, baby. Bef- Washington Wednesday. Absolutely. Um, well, without further ado, we'll we'll talk on. We'll uh, we'll hit beverages. Uh, Hood, what do you have tonight? You know what I'm on, you know, not 24-7, but 25-8. It's always the water. You know, I always, always got my water cocked and ready and loaded. <laughs> I need a new gallon jug, though, you know, so. Couldn't find one at Husky Throwbacks at the tailgate? <laughs> Man, no, I couldn't. I got to make a visit to him, for I'd sure. Do I do, too, for him. sure. Um, Darker Knight, how about you? What do you got? Oh, you know, same as last week. On that uh, Knob Creek old fashioned two in one blend. Nice. Jake out. That's the move. Uh, I got a Skyfall Winery Ooh, nice. Merlot. Okay, double O Selma. The wine tonight. Skyfall. Oh, you fancy. <laughs> uh, I'm also on the. Uh... The wine, well, no cheese, but the but the wine train tonight. I have a four two five sellers picnic point beignet, um, not not too bad, oh. not too bad. And, and yes, I nailed the French pronunciation, so I got that going for me, which is nice. Um, <laughs> uh, moving right along into stupid tweets, uh, I did find mine that I uh, had to go back through our our GC history to find. Um, and this one goes out to, uh, the one, the only John Wilner from saying, uh, I know of one Oregon alumnus who cares more about winning a national, a national title than he does about money. Uh, to it, I would say, Hey, John, a couple of things. Um, that Oregon alumnus that cares more about winning a national title than he does about money. He's real spring chicken, real young guy. That's going to be around until the end of time. Um, also, I would say that there's also an element to which, hey, more money coming in from a conference deal helps towards a national title pursuit that isn't entirely dependent on set alumnus's funds. Although, based on uh, what we saw on Saturday, I, I would argue that the University of Oregon's getting farther from a national title, not closer. But that's just me. Uh, anybody else have stupid tweets that they uh, want to call out? Uh, I got, I don't got stupid tweets, man. I got stupid accounts. How about that? Um, Bring it on. So, <laughs> Hood Husky hides from me. As he's transitioned over from Fly at a Barbecue, he now has changed his at to Hood Husky Hides From Me. Uh, no, I do not hide from you. You bother the shit out of me. That's, that's Because you hide it. from facts, uh, like the rest of your fan base. Man. Um, and I and I'm and I'm done engaging. I'm I done engaging that man. Uh, I'm I'm over that. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't got stupid tweets. I got stupid account. Darker night, Jake. Cap, you got anything? 
<laughs> there was way too many, but just how many fired Dan Lanning tweets I'd seen after that one game. Uh, <laughs> not that I didn't mind it, but after a game, if you're ready to just can your new coach. Who you spent like, the entire offseason ca- off capping for? <laughs> your expectations are way too high. He ain't Lane Kiffin. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm <laughs> uh, pretty sure that lane taint, that the lane train to Lane County uh, route broke down at the station, but that's that, that's just me. Um, all right. Well, before we talk about a Kent State recap and uh, preview Portland State, let's let's just talk about the state of things, college football, uh, Pac-12 football, things that we all saw this past weekend. Um, yeah. I personally just loved, obviously, obviously CFP's back. So I just personally love just, you know, running back. And after going to the game, obviously, um, just running back and watching all the games. Um, and it was just it was just super fun getting to share that. Uh, I, I posted on my Twitter that I got to share that with a little cousin um, who really don't uh, do type like type, uh, big social things and that was a beautiful moment so just kind of having that camaraderie of of week one and, and just what the games kind of bring about and things like that um, was really really cool for me um, and then also just kind of um, obviously with the the dogs winning that was that was big time so um, getting back on the on the saddle uh, with what 45 points is big time it was good to see an explosive offense so that, that made my week there for sure Yeah, I mean, if we're talking other college football, I mean, it's nice to just have college football back, and especially with kickoff week scheduled the way that it was, having games every day for like almost a week was pretty rad. Um, seeing Brian Kelly lose on a blocked extra point was pretty fucking sick. For sure. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, and his fake Southern accent. And him getting called out at his press conference today. Did you guys that see that? That was funny, bro. When he got called out, the press come on time. So good. Well, if you win, he, <laughs> if you win, maybe I'll be on time. <laughs> Careful, because Brian Kelly has um, killed a man. But yeah, that that is true. Oh. Shout out to uh, DP Brian Kelly's murderer. <laughs> we had to get at least one DP shout out oh on the pod. Um, had to. No, just to piggyback. Um, off uh, what Cap was saying is just it felt good to just have college football back and I haven't had excitement for Saturday like that in a while um, just seeing the different programs being able to compare you know the purple and gold who we root for you know against other teams we may see that were hyped and some that are maybe underrated and kind of see the le- you know the landscape of college football and where we may land as far as after week one what what our thoughts were um going into games, you know, some emerging players that you may not have heard about going into the year that you may think may break out in other conferences as well that you want to keep your eye on. Um, you know, I'm I'm a college football junkie, so I take it all in. I take it all, you know, on the chest. So loved it all. And not having um not having what the there was no NFL games on Sunday either, huh? So just not having a cuz nope. that that bye week of the preseason, so not and having the share the win. State. Exactly. Not having a share of the you know, share college football with any any other sport. So that was awesome. Outside of the storm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and on that note. Got to yeah. shout out the goat, Sue Bird. 
yeah, absolutely got a shout out to. Yeah, what a run. Um, she played for the wrong Huskies, but. <laughs> <laughs> she did. True. We got a Husky, uh, a Husky that, that knocked her off. She needs a statue. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Shouts to statue. KP going to the, the WNBA finals. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Paul. I'm all. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Plum dog. Get her a ring. Uh, yeah, super excited to just have college football back from my side. Um, had a lot of fun. I will give, um, credit to probably one of the most entertaining things that I saw on Saturday, uh, before, at least prior to the Husky game, um, or not necessarily saw, actually, this was a, an anecdote of something I heard, um, a shout out to the Iowa Hawkeyes broadcast team who I was listening to on Sirius XM while running some errands who after uh, they managed to tally a safety uh, called and said, so the, the Hawkeyes uh, score a couple of runs to take a 5-3 lead in the bottom oh, of the eighth man. inning. <laughs> uh, I saw that. That's a, that's a great call. And, and, and to segue into a, uh, it did not necessarily a segment or, but, but definitely a trademark of the podcast um, in, in the ballpark of, of stupid tweets, basically all of Oregon Twitter for, uh, touting that they were going to be competitive may may actually beat georgia um anybody that in the in the long no 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 no. they weren't saying they may beat georgia there were people on there saying they were going to embarrass georgia verbatim someone said they were going to beat the brakes and that they didn't apply any brakes to linemen on the <laughs> there, were, there were no brakes yeah i said that was a search gas, special no right brakes. there in a train on Oregon. Um, but Bricks prohibited must have been talking about the team bus. Uh, shout, shouts to anyone in, in amongst uh, Mallard Twitter that was like, hey, Huskies, that, you know, yeah, we lost 24 to 7 to Alabama in in the playoffs in 2016, a game which, which you know, we actually led 7 nothing, And uh, prior to a Jake Browning pick six at the end of the first half was 10 to 7. Uh, uh, one touchdown loss to Penn State the following year, a five-point loss to Ohio State the year after that. That was embarrassing in the conference. Uh, again, I will reiterate my question from the weekend. What does a 46-point loss do? If, if what you dubbed it is embarrassing, what's the word you put on losing by 46? With, by the way, the according to Total Team Composite, the number seven most talented roster in the country. Uh, UW, as mentioned back in 2016, when they played Alabama, who was, had the most talented roster in the country, was number 24. Just putting that out there. Academically, prowess going to go right over their head. That's too much math. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, I, I, I mean, that's, that's one of the best. <laughs> Alabama was one of the best college teams ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, how many first and second round draft yeah. picks were on that team. It's not even close. But, but, I mean, we played a tougher team, and the game was nowhere near as out of hand. But, but speaking with things going overheads, that was seemingly a problem that Oregon's defense had with Stetson Bennett passes going over their head all game long. Uh, <laughs> Darnell through, Washington jumping over their through. heads. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pretty much everything over the head of Mallard's winner. <laughs> And Kirby Smart post game and all through the week, just kind of low key sunning him, just patting him on the was head. He, he wasn't lying, but it's just, you, you, that was cold blooded. Ain't no nice way to say that. That's cold blooded. <laughs> Ain't no nice way to say that. I mean, he was looking like, yeah, it's practice out here, I guess. Um, we practicing. You saw Ryan, Ryan Schill post uh, at halftime, the uh, Falcons 
Patriots uh, <laughs> halftime score in 2023. I was like, oh, God, this isn't going to get any better the for Nile you, sir. Denial is not only a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just saying. Like, Bro, they went 21 0. Hey, Ryan, just Bo Nix is not Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah. Please show me him coming out that locker room. Bo don't know shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. Yeah, all right. Uh. Wonderful week of a uh, wonderful weekend of college football. You you seeing your uh your your Knowles, you know? I know that was fun oh, yeah. kind of getting the Knowles back. Jackson yeah. State oh, yeah. looking great. That was cool. So uh, probably, I would say that, you know, I would argue that the two most impressive wins, uh, by the way, you know, shout outs to the national media, speaking of stupid sweet saying it was a terrible weekend for the Pac-12, uh, eight of, uh, th- th- there were two teams that lost, one lost in a very hostile environment to a freakish athlete at quarterback by three points, like, did it help Utah's case? No, but it's not the worst loss in the world, that honor belongs to Oregon. And yeah, Utah, basically, he was driving in for the winning touchdown, and through a pick in a a widely acclaimed top 10 environment in college football um but what i was going to say is a big shout to um arizona going in and beating san diego state san diego state convincingly that is a big time win for that program um oregon state basically gave boise state the business left right and center um, mm-hmm. I, I would argue that those are probably the two biggest statements made by any team in the conference this past weekend. Uh, shouts to to our brethren across the st- state for yet again having some trouble putting Idaho away. <laughs> <laughs> that was painful to watch, man. A- a- any flags getting planted <laughs> over there? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Bunch of red flags. Oh. Colorado didn't have the best. Uh... That's Big right. That's right. That's right. Oh, you're funny. Earlier in the week, that's funny. They, I mean, it's weird because like they just couldn't score. It's not like they were like a like a worse team. All. Like Mm-mm. TCU wasn't good either. No, they were moving the ball like, pretty well. It's, it made no yeah. sense. They definitely feeling the effects of those transfers for sure. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Um, to to Oregon State and and Arizona. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw just the on a whim little power rankings, but I had to give them love, man. Like, you know, those are the biggest wins in conference. What SDSU was? Did they have double digit wins last year? Something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I mean, I, I could be wrong there, but yeah, they're, they're, the they're yeah, they're they're traditionally very good. Um, Brandy I mean, Oak I, is a phenomenal coach. So, I, I Emory Jones looked really good for. Arizona yeah. State as well. Yeah, they played Northern Arizona, so that's a little <laughs> that's a little tough. Like uh, I think I, mean, I, I can't believe we're not, we're not patting our, our first conference opponent on the back for beating toothpaste. <laughs> Dude, and what's crazy too is one of the uh, one of the breakout players uh, that I had for uh, the toothpaste killers um, was EJ Smith. And did you see that boy get off? He had like an eighty-seven yard run. Um, you know, he, he balled out. If you look at the box score, EJ Smith had a good game versus the. Yeah, and and, I'll, and I will say, uh, at shouts to our, our, our GC buddy fight on uh, 
fight on Rusty, but, you know, credit to USC for doing what you were expected to do and absolutely yep. shedding rice. That's what you were supposed to do. Um, but to segue into the conference team that we're all here to talk about, let's talk Washington, Kent State, um, and what we all yes, saw, sir. what we enjoyed, areas of note. Um, but who wants to give their their impressions on, on what, they, what we saw Saturday night? Take it away. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I, I just love the balance that uh, we showed, although we did not run the ball as effectively as I'm sure we'd like. Uh, it just was amazing to see um, Corey and Mike have that command of the line and protections. And Mike just seemed really comfortable throughout the night and didn't seem rattled. The game seemed to slow down and you just see him just kind of pick Kent State apart. Um, I know at different times they would drop eight, you know, in the coverage, but he was just taking what they gave him, didn't force it and methodically just moved the ball like a well-oiled machine. I, I loved it. I really did. And, and speaking of Corey, shouts to him uh, on uh, on uh, Big Papa's fourth and one 28-yard touchdown run uh, with basically one and a half blocks. He took out two guys. So uh, I, I haven't completed my, my second uh, or, or my second viewing of the game. I've, I've started it, but, but that one uh, definitely <laughs> was an effective uh, block to, to get him free. Um, Hood, Jacob. What do you what oh, do you guys think about Saturday? Everyone on that run, in particular, blocking. I, I thought it was great. I think that um, we didn't see a lot of bad decisions offensively from the quarterback, which is a breath of fresh air for sure. Um, speaking of the blocking on Papa's run, Troy Fautanu, Quentin Moore mm-hmm. on that play. Jesus Christ. Quentin Moore didn't get into the, the stat sheet until the fourth quarter when Dylan was throwing the ball, but some of those blocks that he had on the perimeter in that run game was insane. Um, the, one of the bigger standouts for me in um, on the offensive line was Nate Kalepo. Um, he looked okay. really, really good. Uh, there were a few run running plays where he looked like kind of lost. Running Run blocking as a whole didn't look great. Um, not bad necessarily, Needs but improvement. Um, definitely lots of room for Work improvement. Progress, yeah. yeah, but but him in in pass protection, I think it was on the Taj Davis touchdown um, where uh, Kent State had the, the the two linebackers drop into coverage and they blitzed the um, the other backer and Nate was didn't seem phased by it at all. Found the right guy, put the block on and. It's just nice to see them actually execute the plays properly. Um, <clears throat> and um, having Mike make the right decisions, throwing the ball to the right places. And he's really decisive. They said it on the broadcast a bunch, how decisive he is in tucking the ball and running when he needs to and getting down and protecting himself and that kind of thing. So offensively, it's all just been, I mean, it's one game and it was Kent State, but we saw what happened last year against Montana to see them put up 45 against Kent state with the offensive efficiency that we were playing with on Saturday was amazing. Um, I would say my primary takeaway, uh, obviously it's 
what you guys are saying as well. Um, but my primary takeaway was um, having so many guys rotate in and out. Um, it was almost like a hockey lineup. Um, I was extremely impressed with that. Not only just change. because, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, every it was ridiculous. It was uh, defensive. Uh, it was defensive line. It was linebackers. It was DBs. It was corners, and um, and it's not necessarily the rotation, but it's the the uh, they maintained a high level of execution with all of those different um, uh, personnel groupings, and even on offense with the wide receivers and tight ends and things like that. So. I feel like that was where I was really, really impressed is from the I would I would even say three deeps. Everybody is kind of on the same page and kind of really, really ready to play. Um, you know, credit to the staff for getting those guys prepared. I know uh, AC mentioned in his po- in the little post game post on, on um, UW football's uh, page uh, that the board was real serious about the operations of things. So. Um, that was a big thing for me. I'm also seeing them putting up points. That was awesome. Um, and then um, finally, I would just say uh, Julius Irvin and Michaela Steen getting very valuable PT mm-hmm. and um, and and producing in that playing time. You know, Julius, where we needed that corner, which I've been asking for two years to get him on the field at corner. Um, when we were told that we didn't have any corner depth, I always said that, hey, there's safeties that can play corner in our scheme with the versatility Lake is used. And it was awesome seeing Irvin out there and then a Steen one for one first play ever, or sorry, first play, um, first, uh, first interception. So that was real dope, especially not seeing a scene on the two deeps and seeing Nunley. And I will also say shouts to, to darker night and I for being very, very close with our score predictions. <laughs> we each missed the, the Kent state tally. Yep. We, we shorted them three yes. points. Apologies, golden flashes. Uh, I was, I think, right on the number <laughs> in terms of you know point tally. Uh, Darker night, we missed it by one. Um, but uh, my one. And, and coach, I think uh, coach uh, coach V from our GCs um, and and Husky Spaces was also very very close in the ballpark. I don't remember his exact prediction. I think it might have been forty five sixteen. But um, <laughs> shouts to shouts to us from being more prescient than we were. <laughs> any of us were last season. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And you guys see DeBoer was, was pretty – he wasn't happy about the fact that we didn't put mm-hmm. up 50. So that's what I he love. The last I, I kind of feel bad for yeah, without not jumping the gun because I want to talk about Kent State a little bit more. But I don't feel that's not a good thing for Portland State coming to town next – or this coming Saturday. Oh, my God, no. If you Did you guys check the the DeBoer interview with Tony Castor? Not yet. Uh, just uh, just I haven't gotten a chance to see it. It's really cool. His mindset it just makes you wonder why the hell was our emphasis such on running the ball when you have that much talent at receiver? I mean, he he literally would talk about percentages and where Mike was around that sixty-seven percent. It's kind of where he likes. He's like a, a sweet spot. If we were if we had a really high completion percentage, he was like. Instead of like being really particular with it, he was like, "We should probably should take more shots." You know, he's really aggressive that way, and I love that mindset that he has. Um, and he just has complete faith in both offense and defense. Um, he said, "If it's fourth and one, fourth and two, he's gonna look at his team. He's like, I, I believe in my guys. We're gonna go for it. Just letting the defense know I have trust in you. If we don't get it, that you're gonna give us the ball back. Offense, I trust that you're gonna get it. Um, and that team has that belief as well." So he went for it on fourth down. It wasn't a surprise. 
And am I the only yeah. one who actually, when we had the ball, was not surprised that we were scoring? I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. What a breath of fresh air for a Husky team to do what's actually expected of them. And that's not to knock, like I said, that's right. not to knock the kids at all. And, but, like, I I didn't pay right. super close attention to, to some of it. Like, I didn't pay, like, rabbit attention to the second half as much as I would have last season because it was comfortable. We I knew what was going to happen. It was comfortable. I could sit back and just enjoy the game and enjoy a comfortable win that we had done what we had, had what we were expected to do. But, J-Cap, go ahead. I was just going to say, seeing DeBoer not take the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, you put Dylan in, you're still taking those shots. And then even in the, the early parts of the game, going forward on fourth down from your own 35, the ball's on, on DeBoer to do something like that. I mean, I know it's it's Kent State. We can say that they all day. They were in a G5 championship um, game last year. Going like, for this it. Is not a, this isn't it, like – Exactly. The, the, the and, magnitude of – if I may for just a second, like – the magnitude at which Kent State is a better yeah. program than the team we lost to to open last season cannot be understated. Right. I mean, right. it's not like we went and beat Georgia by 25, but there are levels to this game, and Kent State is a number of them above Montana. Right. Let's not be. They have bush. a pe- they have a pa- they have a future sure. Power Five head coach for sure too. Yep. So, like we at, we also year, like fought a really good yeah. defensive and offensive scheme too. Cephas is a yeah. Dog. It was a Dante yeah. Cephas. There were receivers of athletic. There were receivers of athletic. Like people yeah. were given. And first of all, I don't vibe with it at all. Like every corner gets beat, bro. Like Richard Sherman is a Hall of Famer and gets beat. Like uh, like Niche bailed on the play, just didn't keep his straight line, um, and didn't didn't stay on top of the dude. But like that is a easy technical thing to kind of fix. We didn't say nothing about his two or three screen stops. Uh, nobody was mm-hmm. talking about his open field tackles. I'll put something in our group chat um, that I've got in my phone where uh, they tried to I, 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 they tried to run like a mesh concept and then have I believe it was the um, the running back obviously on the wheel and um, he followed the inside route, stopped, flipped his hips, made the open field tackle to the running back uh, f- um, for like fourth and two. So not gonna be on. You guys got to stop giving me. Sh- Problems for getting well, deep, deep. There was a lot of oh, receivers yeah. open, well, to be honest you, with you. you that just happens. The, it's his yeah. fourth. It's his fourth ever game. Starting exactly. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> like, exactly. And in I a man-to-man also, scheme that he's not used to. And I would also encourage everybody to go back right. and look at that play. Um, and he's one of my guy. He's one of my guys that I love on this team, and I, I am a huge Hammerhead Hampton fan. But watch Dom Hampton on that play, <laughs> and he is. Basically, in no man's land, he starts toward the line of scrimmage, and it's almost like you can almost see him go, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be back there over the top. <laughs> like like I said, I'm not uh-huh. caught enough to criticize the kid. I'm, that, I'm, I'm a big Dom Hampton fan, but players make mistakes, and like it, none of them should be singled out, whether it's me. Yeah, like Mish got beat a little bit. Dom went toward the line of scrimmage when he should have been actually headed backwards but hey it happened <laughs> and and we talked about it we talked about it in I a mean, space sorry listen. Jacob, I'll, 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 let me just finish this real quick um no, we talked about this in, in one of the post game spaces it was sunday or monday like 
scheme wise, this is a this staff is much much more aggressive than what we have been used to over the past seven years. And I guarantee you that this is not the first time, or it was probably the first time, but it will not be the last time that we get beat for a long touchdown or a long and explosive play. But on the flip side of that, we are also as a much more aggressive style on the defensive side of the football. We also had three turnovers on Saturday, and that was not something that, other than when mm-hmm. Keyshawn Beria was picking up every fumble <laughs> that ever was created, <laughs> that was not something that the Peterson Kwiatkowski, you know, that the, the Kwiatkowski Lake defenses specialized in. We took it away occasionally, but it wasn't an attacking mindset to create those turnovers. This is a defense that is going to create problems for the opposition where this defense is going to force them to make mistakes. But on the same token, we are going to make some of those mistakes and get burned a little bit deep. But it's also a matter of yep. this staff wants to get back to the, get the ball back to their offense as fast as possible. And sometimes, yes, that means that the other team scores a touchdown and we get the ball back and get to go down the field and score again. More uh, more often than was the case previously, yes, very, our defense is going to take it away, and our offense has got the ball and is going to go down the field and score again. Go ahead, Jacob. Right, and that's kind of what I was going to say too. Is like uh, <clears throat> scheme wise, you haven't seen guys on the outside get put on an island at Washington in yep. a long time. We haven't <clears throat> seen plays where. There aren't two safeties playing 15, 20 yards off the line scrimmage, refusing to get beat deep. There's a reason we didn't go or we didn't have a a 40-yard-plus pass against us all year last year or the year before. It's because we had Asa and Alex Cook or whomever it was playing 20, 15 yards off the line scrimmage all the time. We're going to inherently become a better run defense doing that but we're also going to get beat over the top. And, I mean, that's the risk that you're going to run. Like Hooligan's saying here, you're going to get beat over the top, but we're going to get the ball back to the offense. It's nice to have a guy not have to say that he's in attack mode like Jimmy Lake did and actually just do it. If you – now, I'm not going to say that they don't – it's funny to what you said. I'm not going to say they don't say they ain't going to be in attack mode. If you – man, looking at Ryan Grubb when he's talking, I believe in that man. That man looks like a crazy person. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, what he he is the most honest coach I think I have ever run into in regards to like how he talks to the players and then how he talks to the media. He doesn't care. And then I'm, I just remember in that video he was just mentioning how like like sure we're at a good program. You know what I mean? It wasn't and, and no disrespect, but it's not necessarily all about Washington. This is about us. Like, this is about us showcasing our formula on the right. highest level. And it's just like, I never really heard it kind of articulated that way. Like, they're just trying to show off their coaching acumen. Like, sure, CP was kind of about the guys and making sure you had that kind of professional acumen on and off the field. And I'm a But he was almost have more these about good men around me. Life off the field than it was on the field. This staff wants exactly. to and the board, field and, like, and embarrass you. Exactly. They want to whoop your ass on the field. Like. CP was like, oh, let me shake the head coach's hand afterwards and make sure everything's all fluffy. And I think there's going to be some 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 coaching relationships a little strained uh, running up the score. Uh, <laughs> I think we could. Right. And and I yeah, wasn't yeah. saying that um, <clears throat> I wasn't saying that they haven't implied it or said it. I'm just saying when Jimmy Lake's blowing uh, smoke. 
introductory press conference, he spent like 10 sentences and just kept saying, I'm going to be in attack mode. And then we saw him play very conservative. And yeah, but it, it's nice to have a guy that kind of hints at it just and then actually just it. goes out and does it, goes for it on his own 35, is willing to beat over the top in order to get it, his offense the ball back. He's always ready to actually go after the other team instead of talking about being in attack mode all the time and playing yeah, conservative. What I was going to say is just that I think this is game game one and and the and Hood, to your point about Greb's interview, that to me says that, and I would say this much more so than, than was the case for the previous half, we have some dogs on the stacks man top Facts. down no limits definitely just from the coaching staff to the players i mean and, and, and briefly to, to to go off on a slight tangent um anybody else see the i think it was mike Farrell that t- talked about jamarcus's comment about receiver yards that yeah any yards that, that was are filthy mm-hmm. that was fil- that i was like i get why this motherfucker belonged to jamarcus shepherd Jamarcus is that. Yeah, guy. that's that's a cool little way to to create kind of competition for sure. I know Rome has some crazy contact balance, so I'm excited to kind of see him focus on breaking more tackles this year and kind of making those big plays because they're definitely going to put in position for that. Um, somebody I definitely wanted to talk about on offense too. Um, just in regard, I saw him. You know, we got him a little bit, but Will Nixon, man, I think he's going to be a real, real uh, ridiculous weapon for us. That was a, uh, I think it was the outside run yeah, where he put his foot sure. in the ground and just shot up the field for eight to ten yards in a nice little quick burst. So once he kind of gets it, you know, you had to play wide receiver, slot receiver at Nebraska, you know, so you lost some reps. So once you kind of get that vision kind of back and that comfort back, man, I think he's going to be. Um, a stud for us. And it was a little unfortunate hearing that. I think, was it going to be uh, Wayne, Cam, uh, Sam Adams, which is crazy. Uh, so Wayne, Cam, Sam Adams, and then uh, Will are going to be the the primary four. Um, and they yeah. said that, you know, Jay's not you know ready for that. But the four that's, that's pretty exciting. R.I.P. Dick Newton. <laughs> the four Huskies. <laughs> you can kind of see. You can kind of see where the offense is going, especially with Will Nixon, though, because a lot of the times uh, when they would go empty, he was the running back on the field, and they would split him all the way out. And he has a receiver background, so a lot of times he'd either be right. the outlet. So you know, Talib Papa too, though. Hot route, yeah. Or he'd actually go on a route. Yeah, he saw a lot of Talib Papa motion out of the backfield. There was a, there was a lot of that. Um, and obviously, it's just to kind of get a pre-snap read. And uh, to 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 Dark right. and I's point, like just how in control um, Corey and Mike were was was pretty ridiculous. I mean, um, they didn't seem like at any point they were flustered or or anything like that. They, um, they were able to point out the proper protections, slide the offensive line certain ways. A lot of pre-snap stuff Michael recognized. Yep. When he had one-on-ones, he went at that matchup. He didn't have to second guess, hold the ball. Watch and the, it wasn't there. He just he ran right at the middle. And, and the play design, like, to the Taj touchdown. That's exactly. The Watch the – yeah. Right. Watch the right. system just in just watching the system work. Watch the Taj touchdown. How they literally like motion Taj over, got the one on one. 
I'm in the stands with a friend and my cousin like, oh, bruh, they're about to run something at the top of the screen. It's going to be a, a corner or a go route or something. Man's runs, what, a post corner wide open. It just was it was obvious, but they put themselves in that position where the defense couldn't adjust fast enough and the defense knew what was going to happen. So we didn't really see John Donovan uh, or anything like that put the defense in any type of Oh, disadvantage. So, well, I, praise I, God. Just like Rome's, I don't, I don't know if I Rome's whip route on the. Oh, sorry, go ahead, sorry. Darren, No, no, I was just going to make a point that Michael Penn is checking uh, to Rome's whip route on that touchdown when he's seen one on one. Yep, you can see him mm-hmm. checking. Corey slit the protection to give him the extra time. Yep, allow Rome to kind of do it. I just saw that. And through it, and it was one on one. Yeah, and I, you see the way he moved in the pocket. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, my bad, William. Oh, what I was all I was going to say is that. It, it, I think like even going back to the previous offense, like I think we were scheming to get, I think the difference between this, uh, the two points that I was going to make are, I think in the John, the Donovan offense and even to some extent Peterson's offense, we were scheming to get one or two guys open. This staff schemes to get as many guys as possible open. And that creates so many problems for defenses and then the other quick point that I was going to make is that if you, if you want any proof that we are in a whole new world of Husky football, go back to drive. You don't have to watch the entire game. In, you, know, go, you don't even have to go back to watch the entire game. Watch the first drive and how many times that, you know, most of the time it was via motion of moving Talapapa out of the backfield. How many times that we ultimately snapped the ball in empty in the first drive of the game? Yep. They ran the same play twice. Like the, uh, I think it was one yeah, was in McMillan the corner. Touchdown. Well, uh, well, yeah, that one that was in they ran that twice. Yeah, the yeah. the McMillan touchdown yeah, when he yeah. dropped. They it ran the exact ran the same play. So open. The oh my but yeah. I'm talking about like the first drive. They ran oh, uh, so open twice. They ran <laughs> when Penix threw the first. I think it was the first Probably play of the game. Too. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> where he threw the ball to like a corner route to to uh, Rome on I think the left side. And then two plays later, they ran the exact same play to the right side to Jalen Polk. So it's just like, stop us, bro. What you going to do? You don't know where we're going because I can have this receiver do what this receiver does. And I can have that receiver. That was one of the advantages of uh, CP's offense in regards to just a lot of head coaches around the, uh, around the country felt like he had a difficult offense because of the personnel groupings. And you just never knew who the, the primary receiver was and things like that. So. That was real nice to see. Just kind of, we don't got to focus in on one guy, you know. So, oh for sure. And I, I like just the. I'm oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. My fault. My fault. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, I just like the complexity of the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you look at um, T. Papa's uh, run, uh, we had a jet motion coming from right to left. Um, it looked like we we're everything was flowing left, but you had the tight end who was on the play side actually cracked down. Uh, from left to right. So it, it looked like a misdirection, almost like a counter. So it froze that outside backer uh, that was play side and allowed Troy and everybody to kind of pin everybody. And Corey down. that opened up the lane. Corey yeah. had two, two and people on that damn play. Like crazy. And I'm just like, what is that? No, that was just amazing. But the complexity cool ass- of the, well, and how quickly Corey got to no, the second ahead. level on that play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It allows that? the offense like, to line up much faster. Did you guys it see the, the I think it was what third quarter when um Penix hit uh J Mac deep when they run a whole uh was it Nate I think might have been on the left side 
They ran a whole like pull action and then had Nate pull out and get the edge rusher on the opposite side. Mm -hmm. So I was like, they are committed to making you read your keys and then confusing the hell out of you. Now it took a lot of like pocket presence for Penix to kind of maneuver in the pocket and find his spaces and then get the ball out. He even got hit on the play, but Holy hell, how confident are you to be able to do that? I can't uh, – mm-hmm. if we see Sam and Dylan uh, versus Portland State, like, that's a great thing, you know, so. Hood, I wanted to call – oh, go ahead, j I don't know what kind of uh, – I don't know what kind of football gods or higher <laughs> powers I got to pray to to keep Mike Penix healthy all year, but whatever I got to do. Yes, please. I'll sell you my soul. It's fun. <laughs> I'm with care. all that energy, and I ain't gonna put none of that out there. I'm with all better that than energy. selling it for a donut Absolutely. like Homer did. <laughs> oh my god! Or some crumble yeah. cookie. <laughs> that that might that might be more of a did danger you? for Jcap. <laughs> did we notice Bro. the velocity on his crumble that we were hearing about all off season? Um, what oh I was yeah, that Michael Penix to 2018 yes. is bad. Oh my god! That well, was, I was nuts. Gonna, yeah, dude, the zip on some of those throws to the side to Rome or to the forty-yard rope, thirty-nine-yard rope to the boundary. Oh yeah, nope, some big touchdown. Oh, opposite yeah. hash to the Can we change oh, that, that? Like at least modify that slide rule, bro. He was like five yards past. I know. He was like two That's full he yards. Started the slide. He didn't. He started to slide two yards past the line. <laughs> It ended up five six past the line, and they were yep. like, "Shit, I don't know what the rule is. I just know that Kenny Pickett exactly. fucked up last year, so let's just put it right here." <laughs> That's what it was. They just panicked. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, fucked they just panicked. Oh, yeah, they were like, "Shit, I don't know." Fourth and one. <laughs> God damn. Because I was like, "How do you spot the ball there?" <laughs> like, at all. and then you watched later in the game when he slid again. They. They spotted it for the first down, and it's like if you watch the replay, he slid basically. <laughs> They're the confused, same bro. Point. Hey, hey, Billy, was we supposed we to don't put know it? What the fuck? fuck it, let's just put it right here. <laughs> but they're looking at each other. Hood, we were we were talking. <laughs> sure, you, you made a point in the in the in the pre-show chat um, that when we talk about you know scheming multiple receivers open, um, where it actually might cause a problem in terms of some indecisiveness. Where I think you pointed out that Panics might have been a, a little bit late. Uh, and why, but I think that bears mentioning and, and talk, talk us through that. Um, yeah. So I just personally felt like um, if I could throw any type of critique, it's hard to throw that on. Um, I forgot who the, um, the podcaster was, but it was his MVP of the week. So it's hard to throw something on the MVP. Um, but I did feel like Penix might've been a, uh, just a tad bit late, like kind of like there's too many people open at once so it was like oh shoot okay let me go let it go so um just kind of being at the game and seeing i'm telling you there were receivers running open all across the field um and you can kind of even see his footwork moving to to a lot of them via his progressions so i you could just tell like it's like you gotta he's gonna have to like remain uh decisive and consistent with his decision making and things like that and just pull the trigger when he sees it um and not kind of you know like I'll use the Devin Culp and the um the, like, was it the flea flicker the Devin Culp and the Rome situation where like he just saw it boom let the red rip the Devin Culp like that's what it needs to be you know what I mean so seeing yeah. more of that uh, decisiveness and that's gonna come with reps he, he didn't get the first team reps for up until what two weeks uh, oh, wow yeah man. so now with that chemistry you're gonna run through Portland State um that, yeah we're getting there we're getting that's there we're getting there Kent State as well though. <laughs> 
that's a credit to Kent State defensively too, because they made a lot of adjustments and they were forcing us to kind of hold. That's facts. That's so they dropped a lot of they they showed a, a lot of blitz and then would drop eight. Um, then they would blitz from the safeties, the outside linebackers. So they did a lot, and they had that's what when I was saying how Corey and Mike did a really good job is they had to shift and adjust the line to to account for what they were saying on the fly. And so he had extra time because of the adjustments they were making. I think and that so, was yeah, Max he was Protect. Holding on to it, so it was yeah, so it was a little bit of both. Yeah, he was holding on to the ball, but a lot of the times they were mixing up coverages and stuff. So he was, he actually did a really good job adjusting. There's a couple of times he went he went to Max Protect and I was like, Great call, you know, because you gotta trust these these one on ones with these receivers and sometimes I don't need a tight end out in a route. Sometimes I don't need a running back out in the route. When you see, you know, you got Rome, you got Jalen, you got Jalen. Come on, man. And I tried to give us the benefit of the doubt and be like, oh, our wide receiver duo is fourth. Oh, let me try to, let me try to like sauce it up. Because Nah, man. It's looking you, like you're we're trying to play nice with Duck Twitter. and I was trying. But USC looks like there's too many mouths to feed. You know what I mean? Like, and then Sorry, also, bro. too, yeah, getting to see – Getting to see, uh, sorry, Terrell, and sorry, Brendan. Terrell like, Brennan should have came with a dub. What out of been called? And Gary Bryant all and Kyle Ford. They're going to get three Christ. catches a game, and they're going to score 66 points. They should. All those names should have been at UW. I watched oh, the USC I mean, game, and it was boring. At the most boring 60-something points or 50-something. It was hella boring. I mean, Terrell is wide receiver five. Seven Dude, it was USC. borderline unwatchable, and they were blowing <laughs> Yeah, it was like a struggle 60-some points. It was, it was so boring. boring. It was no really what didn't feel like explosive plays. And also, Addison, like, I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't think he's the best receiver in the conference. I think that's They don't feature him. Even if they, like did, they did, Jacob Cowling well, is better they- than him. <laughs> Jacob Cowling at Arizona, I think, is the best receiver in this conference. And I don't know if it's close. Man, I mean, I can't. I mean, he's coming off of Blitnikoff, so I can't just say someone else is better. Yo, McMillan at Arizona going to be they a just problem. threw the ball up to him a few times. And... Big ass. Uh, yep. Well, uh, while we're on the receiver conversation, and I'm not guaranteeing it to happen, but um, it got brought up in the space, and there's levels to being dominant at receiver at the University of Washington, and this is no disrespect to John Ross. Um, but where I'm going with this, and, and I, I don't remember who in the space pointed out like, how much that what I said, Duke. Well, I'm come gonna do, on, I'm gonna Duke for yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna Duke for a second. Um, let's do it. But there's levels to which receivers can be dominant at the University of Washington, and I don't remember who in the space pointed it out that. Not only was Rome getting open in the own right, that some of his own. What more can I say? I'm still waiting for a receiver to make a kill. But... <laughs> Rome was helping get some of the other receivers open by the routes that he was running. I think that there is a level to which that you can, that Rome is very, very capable of seeing, of exceeding the John Ross level of dominance and getting close to what Reggie Williams did at Washington 
Reginald. And that's Reginald. And that is. Reginald. It's a different. That's some lofty comparison. Like, but, but if like if you're if you're so dominant that you're getting other guys open. That's true. Um, I mean, and and that's and it's not to slight anybody else in that room. We have flat out dudes in that room. Oh, they're all next level guys for sure. But Jesus, <laughs> and, and I think the only thing that we're oh sorry, I was gonna say the only thing I think that we're we're looking for is we know Rome has the yards after catch. We know you know Rome has the natural athleticism. He's pulling the in and around things like that i just need and i hopefully they try to get it out in the portland state game i need some 50 50 balls bro yep. six three plus i need some 50 50s um go up and, and snatch that john because i know Jalen polk gonna do that i know j matt gonna try his hardest to do so he actually is kind of showing the acumen um i know lanyada gonna do that i know taj gonna do that so that's the one thing i kind of want to see yep. uh from rome is is those types of opportunities and execution. We saw, what? saw a couple strong hands catches Absolutely. from the, the wide receivers on the sideline. Jamarcus Shepard got them steady and Larry Fitzgerald. Nice to see. Yep. yep. I yep. don't think Junior has them based on tough catches. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tweet that you mentioned, man, just about Jamarcus Shepard and how he's like creating competition in that room you know, in regards to just that you know all those all those yards before yeah all those yards yeah. before all mine and he what he say like he said and a touchdown was caught in the end zone too so that's my touchdown <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah what he say the the wide receivers had 50 yards 260 yeah. yards or something i was like that's a cool ass way to do it <laughs> two of them touchdowns that's mine. cool i i love that way the scheme said that they should have been caught in the, t- the end zone <laughs> so that touchdown was about that's cool. And I'm pretty sure the kid, obviously, the kids embrace it. Um, so that's the coolest part, man, for me. Yeah, no, got to definitely love that from from Coach Shepard. Um, anything else that we want to talk about with Kent State? Or, or, I mean, anything else we, we, we've talked offense Dude, for, for 40 we, minutes? We haven't, even, <laughs> we haven't even touched defense. <laughs> we do. We have not Bro, touched defense. Bro, come on. We listen, haven't even talked about Asa oh, Turner, listen. fam. Like, listen, what? Okay. Okay, Ace Eternal. Whatever. <laughs> Zotube. Chill. Come on. Fam, chill. Them edge okay. Savelle. I told y'all. Being productive <laughs> and involved in the game. I've never been oh, more hyped. Active. That dude was all over the place. He's starting to see that potential. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. And then also. They call him Agent Zero. Yeah. Boy, too. <laughs> Transfer <laughs> linebackers. Chris Mole on special oh, Cam teams. Bright. Cam Bright was Come playing on. well. Everybody at linebacker was playing well. Everybody. Everybody. Carson Brunner, everybody. Bro. There's a reason that people are still touting our linebackers, even with Eddie out. Our mm-hmm. linebackers from top to bottom are I next forgot Eddie's level. Gone. While we're on this Eddie's subject, gone. hey, Bob, can we um... – Carson Brunner was in there in the fourth quarter, and I was like, hold hey, on, hey, wait a minute. While we're on the subject of <laughs> linebacker play after seeing what we did on Saturday, hey, Bob, can we get our money back? He could just keep sabotaging uh, oh, Flo, no, no, Flo no, no, right no. by the Anybody He's with still the football on the that, watching, that, that, watching that Sewell <laughs> Watching Sewell and Flo He's still on our payroll I promise you <laughs> Exactly 
<laughs> I don't even remember their names being called for anything well, positive I mean, in that game. Bro, look, 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 I'm sorry, bro. When you get shot by a white receiver, I don't know what to say. Destruction of the door. Oh, <laughs> He's just swinging oh. like his mom and dad. Oh, <laughs> man. Shout out to I'm Coach Thurman. Uniforms. Man. I'm not trying to play. <laughs> and with Jacobs, <laughs> Davis. Shout out to Coach yeah, Thurman, man. They Coach keep cooking them so boys. Funny. How many times Oregon been featured on that? By the Dude, way, that's oh my trash can. By wall. the way, that's basically four of the last. I mean, yes. Okay, <laughs> Duck fans, you could tell oh, it was a previous staff. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Like. That's for the last six times you all have taken the field that you have gotten absolutely blasted. So You know what's so funny is they complain about that was the last staff. That was the last staff. That was the last staff. But then also. They don't give us that credit. No, 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 no. Not even that. You guys were 4 Y'all motherfuckers put a graphic. No, you put a graphic of Dan Lanning as a national championship with his last staff. Shut the fuck up, okay? Shut up. Chill. Exactly. <laughs> it should... Who the hell was in charge of that post? Come on, J-Cap. I, I will say. We're going to need them to listen to this one. Cause... On the subject of defense. At Ryan Schill, at the Jared Sawyer, <laughs> at Mike he, He's Black. not on fuck Twitter anymore. Jared's not on Twitter, at, <laughs> not on Twitter anymore, Sawyer. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, bro, he, he hey. deserved that. Hey, remember when Sucks. he was clowning Leah for being too sensitive about the Go Ducks at Disneyland? Listen, bro, shut the fuck up. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Using slurs go and ball shit like a weirdo. Gracefully. <laughs> if you need an example, look at me. <laughs> Out there looking like Jack Jack. Jack Jack. <laughs> Out there looking like Jack Jack. Anyway, what I was going to say on a more serious topic of the University but just of Washington Jeff Jack, the defense. Version. We can't do any of the other stuff. Kent State specialty is running the football. Even with the quarterback runs where we lost a little contained with head pressure again, where we're being more aggressive than just contain, 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 as was the case with the previous staff. We held a team that ran, that averaged, two, I believe, 240 last year to 147 on the ground, including on... Non QB scrambles, 31 for 100 yards, and their total yards per carry average for the game was 3.9 against a running specialist team that runs the ball fast. From an interior defensive line and from from an interior linebacker play (laughs) perspective, job well done. Thank you very much. From an interior linebacker play perspective. Aside from the quarterback, they gave up 3.2 yards. Right. Interior linebacker and interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. We saw, we have seen in the one Kent State game a number of guys that a lot of us had written off as guys that weren't playing well were going to be good. Bandis was, I won't say he was phenomenal. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't getting crazy penetration, but his he motor flashed. looked like oh, he, he was, flashed. yeah. He wasn't just out there. That's the Everybody thing was in the backfield. That's the thing, is motor above everything else. You mm-hmm. saw guys that we had complaints about motor not have complaints about motor whatsoever. Bandis, Savelle, those types of guys that we were saying they aren't putting everything into the plays. I no think Inge said something about that. I think it, Inge said something like uh, it was just kind of funny because they were almost like too excited 
on the, right. their rushes. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it, and the fact that you're too excited and you're not slowing down, uh, breaking down to make the actual play and stuff like that. Like once they slow that down, how much they were getting back there, um, even if it's just Kent State, like you couldn't put your hands on Braylon. You know, he also he, when he was chasing plays looked extremely faster. Like he looked four, way fat. A problem. All four of the edges were unblockable. Exactly. Savelle, exactly. Jeremiah Martin, Braylon Trice, into the into your you point, watch JK. The game again. There was at least twelve misholding calls, bro, and there were at least five missed sacks. <laughs> yep, there were so many missed sacks out there. I can't remember who said it in one of the GCs, but I don't think we're going to see a better sack evader all season than Schley was. Than that Saturday. kid, yeah. yeah. Portland State oh, yeah. might be a little hmm. wiggly, but he's going to he's going to be wiggly he's and throw it a pick. He's more straight line fast. He's not yeah. elusive. Yeah. Like They're going to have a whole bunch of turnovers for Portland I mean, State. The only concern, and like I know who they're going to say. Yeah, I mean, like the the combination of DTR and Charbonnet is going to cause some. We got to be solid. Well, yeah. So I think with the pass with the with the previous defense, yes, because your safeties were so far back. This defense dared you to throw the ball. Yeah, and Zach also looked he like had... he was trying to preserve for the bag. You know, when they weren't even. They weren't even blowing. They were struggling with Bowling Green early, and Zach wasn't really running super hard. So it was almost like, I mean, maybe he'll he'll be amped up for our game and stuff like that. But it's bag year, and you know when you're getting hit, you're gonna pull a Royce Freeman real fast. You know what's crazy? I'm about to go to the bench real quick and let the young guys get some tick. My knees hurt. <laughs> Where's that tape at? Yeah, that tape. Who got the spat tape? Get the spat. <laughs> Somebody, but to Jacob's point of like you named like almost all starting two deep edge, you named a bunch of the linebackers. I think the main thing that's most impressive is the high level of execution with those mix and match pieces. I don't know if people understand how difficult it is to have your three deeps all on the same page. Some of the best teams in America don't have that luxury, and that's. That's pretty wicked. It's hard to execute at a really high level on obviously offense and defense, but with different personnel and different per- different personnel groupings, that takes an enormous amount of film study and discipline. So, Yo. just kind of seeing that they took Kent State that damn serious, yep, was was pretty crazy. There were even times where you could see Asa kind of yelling at people like, "Oh shit, you're in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong spot." Well, uh, we'll figure it out. Like it was almost. It, they still pulled it off. It was pretty crazy. The communication, the chemistry. And that's the thing, too, is that you say that a lot of the best teams in the country don't have that luxury. How many of those best teams in the country aren't also with a first-year head coach? For them to have this yep. kind of preparation with a first-year coach first year mm-hmm. tells you how much they've bought into this program and how much they've bought into Kalen, which only bodes well for the future. They gave him the game. Um, and I'll say staying on Kent's Exactly right, and and in that speech, um, AC said disregard the ops of all of this. So you you know, Kalen had them going through some cold op operations, you know, daily operations, mm-hmm. things like that, and also strength and conditioning. But uh, we were talking about Kent State, and we're talking about on the field. I definitely, I was at the game, and I definitely want to give a shout out to off. I wouldn't say off the field, but just the game day experience. Um, Like I said, there were elements that were kind of clunky. Like the the stadium sound was like off uh, for maybe the. I noticed that with the the siren. Yeah, the siren was off like in the first quarter. Yeah, you can hear that on the broadcast. The siren sounded weird. Yeah. 
well, the first time it was like glitchy, and then when Taj scored, it didn't even go off. Yeah, there were there were issues with that. Um, It's like it had rust on it or something, and they didn't try it before it. And we didn't score a lot last year, so it probably was fucking broke. If anyone. If it. any UW media outlet is going to point out issues with the siren, right? Be yes. boys right here. Hey. It is literally a fucking name. Found that hole. <laughs> literally, so like the, the game day, uh, the game day like experience. You could tell they were trying um, with the with the entrance of the players. They kind of. They had the camera um, start at the locker room, and they kind of had like this little dog walk type thing. Um, then they also adjusted the dog walk to being right in front of the stadium. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a new thing or not, um, but that no, they had it the opposite way before. Yeah, yeah so they, they super the entrance point for that, like through the student section. Hello, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. students get there early. Yep. Dog pack and get like, there early. Are... Come on, yeah. And we gotta and we gotta start promoting that because at the end of the day, like I'm pretty sure, I doubt that they're hearing that. You know, the students are hearing like be there because that's where they're walking. But they're listening to a lot of things we we're asking. Um, I have a friend who was also with me, and he's um, Darker Knight knows him. His name's Asus. Uh, he was huge. Uh, he's huge in like the Seattle music scene in regards to his knowledge of like um, you know historic music and current music and things like that. And he was like caught off guard that we were playing all Seattle music. Like it was like majority local music. And even I guess songs that he was kind of, kind of scoffing sometimes like, Oh, this is like when the band leader left for a year and then came back. And so it was like, we really went in depth about the songs that we were choosing and uh, things like that. And they're also going into Portland state talking about was the Seattle music the heritage. Seattle. Yeah. Music heritage. Something Husky like that. Yeah. Shout out to all my Husky high school uh, marching band kids. Yeah, you know, what's and up? they also had the marching band on the field before the game a little longer. Um, there was more exposure to them, so it's, it's more starting to turn more like more yeah, yeah more I mean, band, like, bro. Like, like it's starting to get real, like, real cool. What makes college football different than the NFL? It's the atmosphere and the environment is entirely exactly. different, and we don't like. And mm-hmm. I love like when we're going to play music in the stadium. I'm so on board for the fact that it's local music. Like, yes, please. That's all we were asking for when we were shitting on mr bright's head last year yes but like <laughs> they did party in the usa this time bro <laughs> so it wasn't too much better than mr bright's side so but, be that mad, but it was so i'm gonna tell you it was heat because it got like casual people up and stuff like that uh they gonna have to figure out something a little more base you know what i'm saying if they gonna have us on the jumbotron dancing it can't be the party usa fam that's just I what mean, i'm gonna tell you is, like, no, i need to hit maybe, a tussie maybe, roll or something i, I think the fourth like, like i don't think it works something. as the entrance song but i think the fourth quarter song they've used it a couple times already I... let's go with mix Get the That's whole what I'm stadium dancing and they're bringing that baseline, bro. Like that, the drop in that beginning of the song. Uh, like, uh, uh. come on. <laughs> I think they, I, I think they are. They obviously reached out because he's going to be there. He's on the graphic for the Portland State game, so I think they reached out, and I think he might be there. I don't know if he's going to. I think it said live music. So I mean, it would be crazy if they had him play. And um, and also just with the fact of obviously we've reached out. So I know that we've asked him about publishing and copyright and seeing if we can play a song. I, that's just 
one plus one is two. So if we end up having, you know, my posse's on dog way, um, kind of being something, you know, that's that's nuts. And then obviously us putting it in the video today and in the, the, the three days ago, that, man, that needs to be that fourth quarter song. Yeah, if we're talking about how good the music selection was and all that kind of stuff in week one, when they're hyping it and they're advertising Seattle Music Heritage Day, Mm -hmm. that's going to be insane. If and then we're a, this is a winning city, you know what I mean? Like if we if we win, that's when people pull up. Like the Mariners games are 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 popping right now. You Dude, know Mariners what I mean? games are lit right now. Mariners yeah, games I've are lit right now. A lot. They're packed. The last they're packed, weeks. and people are drunk. So that <laughs> and 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 UW now has the opportunity to do that. Be packed, and you can be drunk. So I mean, that's All the environment that we kind of want. Half. Spend a bunch of monies. Also, two man. First ten thousand. <laughs> also, two man. When when hooligan, when you post this, I'm gonna add a whole bunch of people involved in uh, obviously the athletic department because you need to drop these Michigan State tickets. Like yep. this is you can make that money Dude, back the up. The price gouging on Michigan State tickets is so it's ridiculous. Oh, I know. I know. You can make that money back in concessions. You know, oh, make that money back double, in concessions. Triple. Get that, get that, get that sold out. We need the home field advantage more than that. And apparel, just have special a, apparel it, for the game, like oh, something. Get Adidas a to do motherfucking something, that anything. Like the Royal Disney's great, you know? but like the the like. What theme do you want the game? Cool. This is what we're gonna do. I think the they have a game. The game. They have a Purchase theme. This, you get this. They have a theme. I think they they just gotta do a way to supplement the cost of these tickets, bro. Just folk, you, I paid two hundred and twenty dollars for third row at the damn big house at the tenth ever night game on national television, and it is cheaper than the Michigan State UW game. That doesn't make any Literally, sense on the field. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. So. Definitely got to change that. I, I I like what you what they're doing and things like that. But you got they got to do something about that. that. Ain't the way. Yeah, that ain't the yeah. way, man. So much love and respect, but particularly hood say that ain't the way. <laughs> hood speaks truth. That's my new hashtag. <laughs> Not according to fly at a barbecue. You mean hood husky <laughs> avoids me. Bruh, and I want to block so bad, but like, it's not in me. Unless you're like a weirdo, I'll block you. But like, he's just more annoying. So it's like, should I just block him? I'm just like, man, whatever, bro. Whatever. I'll tell you, I, I, I meant to. Still the, literally the, a fly uh, at a barbecue. Bro, it's yeah, just yeah. Nat bugging the. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I didn't know if you know Tay, but they actually uh, officially moved Julius Irvin the corner. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, what's it's yeah, it's crazy. It. I, I just it might be one other person. Too, I kept it saying it. Like corner. I was like, he played. If you watch the Arizona game when he got in and he was playing slot, I think when Elijah Molden was out mm-hmm. during the COVID year, you can see the movement skills. Everybody was like, "Oh, Julius Irvin sucks. He was getting beat." That whatever. Like DBs get beat all the time. Like you look at the technique. You look at is he uh, uh, ripping through the hands? Like you look at if he's aggressive at the catch point. If he's there, all that. You look at the technique. 
and everything was on point. And if anything, he's more athletic than Molden was in that position, you know. So I kind of thought he had a lot more uh, cornerback skills. And his size, he's kind of frail for safety. He's like 181, 185. Yeah, he's a tweener. Yeah, he hasn't put on weight in three and a half years. So it's like, that's a corner, man, you know. And NFL pedigree, I think it was dad Mm -hmm. NFL. Mm -hmm. So NFL pedigree put him out there. I mean, and so I think it's a great move. And, a and I was going to say this when we were talking about Bandis, but but in particularly in the area, in any time you transition from an old staff to a new staff, like don't write people off. Don't say that they're done. They're going to be a bust. Like I think right. the, the point that right. I made mm-hmm. in the spaces the other night is above all, do not write off an offensive line or a defensive line, an interior defensive lineman until later in their career, because the, the just the body maturation an actual strength and conditioning program that's not mailed in uh, shouts to coach Saha at the end there. Um, it's just different when you get good coaching, when you get, when you're 21 years old, though going up against 22 and three year olds, it's going to be a different battle than a 19 year old going up against a 22 year old. Like, come on, like just, and you I look mean, at how many times, yeah, but like how many times did we see it under Peterson? Like, the Tani Tupo, the Andrew Hudson, or, you know, going back even to Sark, like the, the red shoot junior and senior that like flashed and were solid contributors the last two years of their career. This took off. Yeah. Jalen Johnson. Anyway, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I was just agreeing with you. Um, yeah. yeah. To that point, Ron McKeefrey is that guy. Sheesh. Biggest dog Sheesh. on the staff. Maybe. I'm, the you you still need buy-in right you know the snc coach matters all that stuff matters that all comes from the top. we have us exactly we have a ceo man who has a vision and then leads it with genuine compassion um you can have somebody that's intense and coaches that are real anal about this that and the other and it's like not a fun environment but you're winning and you know you're getting shit done and right. this is like led with genuine compassion from the top down. Um, if you hear, if you watch Inge or Shepard talk about their players, man, it's Kool-Aid smiles, man. Like they're smiling ear to ear, just seeing the progression of them on the field, but also off it. Uh, so that's really, that's, that's really cool to see and refreshing to see. Um, and just to what Hooligan's point was, is like, don't write anybody off. Also too, after COVID for any of our players in regards to the PAC 12, though they missed a full year of development. Um, basically pl- all played fat. Uh, and then you have <laughs> uh, a disconnected staff the next year and a, and a strength and conditioning coach who has already met his peak and is kind of, you know, resting on his laurels. Like, absolutely. You're not going to have a high performing or a, a team that's in shape. You got players dropping 60 pounds and 30 pounds and 20 pounds and, it, it, that's ridiculous. So somebody like Savelle kind of uh, deserved that benefit of the doubt for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody like Sam Adams now too. How the hell does Sam Adams go for from fifth, sixth, seventh, keep getting hurt to this big, buff, bulky kid who now is in the rotation? Like against right. the football you know, so and not in a better offense, not run a dive water <laughs> third and one, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> craziness um, but he also wasn't listening to tim saha if he wasn't getting bigger and he didn't want to fit into that scheme so there was no buy-in you know now you got that buy-in so, so boy boy cock diesel yeah, now i think we are i think we should talk a little bit about portland state i don't think we need to go as super into depth into a preview of portland state that we did of kent state but 
I do think we should talk about what we hope to see this weekend, uh, if I can get us segued. Um, go ahead, Jacob. The number one thing that I want to see in Portland State versus Kent State is defensive back tackling. Yep. Uh-huh. I think Jordan Perriman, he's probably not going to play this week because of injury, but no too. Uh, I was re-watching the game a little bit last night just to kind of refresh everything and, and get ready for the pod and everything, but some of the, the tackling attempts from the defensive backs as a whole, as a unit, didn't look right. I mean, Cephas, we talked about briefly earlier, is a dog. He's a guy that's going to break some tackles, but some of the angles and some of the tackling effort that we mm-hmm. saw from the defensive backs was not up to standard, especially with a team like Michigan State coming to town the week following Portland State. The other thing that I want to see – is more touchbacks on kickoff, whether that means mm, good call. Peyton Henry gets that was some bad kicks. Yeah, whether it means Peyton Henry gets benched for a walk on like Grady Gross, or mm. whatever we got to do, kickoff coverage or just kicking Cover it in the end zone. We need more touchbacks on kickoffs next week and the following week. Good call, yeah, Jacob. There was way too many times where. Those kicks were line drives right at the returner, yeah. and our guys were barely to the 30, and he's already running upfield. Right. Like that long one to open yeah. up the game. Or, and then the second one, like they're both line drive kicks. I'm like, man, if you don't put some air yeah, under that, what exactly. are you doing? It's fine you can to see kick the effort. it to the five if you're going to kick yeah. it up in the air and give your guys a chance to get down there. If you're going to kick it a line drive to the five-yard <laughs> line, that's totally different. Give them two seconds to get to It's the and difference the effort from the moonshot and a line drive. Like, you got to give your guys the opportunity to make the right play. The I feel like the effort from the DBs was there. It right. was just arm mm-hmm. tackling. Like, yes. I've never mm-hmm. seen... Jordan Perriman must have been grabbing and holding on for his dear life. Like, he holding as much as you want your player to hold on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to bring your pads. Um, he got flung around a couple times just really holding on for dear life. Listen, so he, I love, he got some stick-em on his gloves or something. But if he you watch that whole Penn State game, every single one of them missed one in one form or another. Perriman, I'm putting it in the GC. Had to be uh, on the receiving end of a couple of those, but every single mm-hmm. one of those DBs was guilty on those. And he too damn big to be not bringing his pads too. You you set that exactly. tone. You know what was that the Indiana and Illinois game? I want to see some of them. Mm-hmm. You know I want to see you come up and lay the wood. You know, I saw Dom do it a couple times, <clears> but of all those DBs, you spoke on it for a second there, uh, Hood uh, Mish Powell getting up in that screen game. But mm-hmm. other than those and a couple of Dom Hampton hits on the perimeter, we didn't see DB's really tackling. We didn't well. see that. Alice Cook, had, Alice Cook, Alex Cook tackles, did have a good – He cleaned up a few plays. He, yeah. he did clean up a few plays for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, 
I would say just for Portland State specifically, like I would point to the DBs as well. Um, going into Michigan State, um, they don't really have burners. They have dudes that are going to kind of use uh, craft and shiftiness in their hips and stuff to kind of get open. Uh, um, and their uh, their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, has a really good uh, 50-50 ball too. So I think for us, it's mainly going to have – I want to see uh, versus Portland State. Hopefully Portland State shoots their shot. Um but I want to see how we respond when the ball's in the air. We didn't really get a good – I didn't get a really, really good look at that, uh, kind of seeing Mish uh, beat by a couple steps. And then I believe it was the immediate drive after that, they threw it deep on Perriman, and it was an incomplete. But Perriman was pulling and holding and tugging and holding, and, and they could have easily called that. So I just definitely want to see how these guys uh, – see these guys calm down a little bit when the ball's in the air. Um, and then offensively, uh, definitely just getting that that run game going. The run, yep. the pass blocking was great, but yep, Fitty Burger. Period. Fitty Burger. Oh, we doing, we doing, we doing scores. Score well, I, I was, I, I mean, it, 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 it was getting there anyway. But I'm saying, like offensively, we put up 45 on a we should shit. on a G5 conference championship Way game team last defensively. year. We should put fifty points up on. Or we should put fifty plus points up on Portland State. Period. Like, um, oh, for sure. a little more running game. Um, for sure. What did mm-hmm. what did Panic throw for? Three fifty eight. Uh, Penix was three forty seven. Some of that three. He was twenty six at thirty nine. Three forty five. I think we could. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we back that number down into the two seventies, two sixties. Add 40, I agree. Four more yards on the ground from the starters, and yeah. then we're going to get. Um, I mean, I you know along the line site, like I want to see both Dylan and Sam on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean Wayne averaged five point two yards a carry. Uh-huh. He only carried the ball eleven yeah. times, though. I think it. I think it happens for sure. I think Inch pointed to. Um, he said there were about twelve to fifteen plays that the defense did not need to be out there. Yep. You know, like because they didn't stop somebody on third down. So you know you you give those give the ball back to your offense. I think this is an easy fifty burger. Yeah. Stop third down. Easy yeah, 50 and, and it's going to come down to the defensive back. Speaking of defensively, I want to see I want to see us get at least eight sacks. Yes, darker night. Ooh, I, like I was it. about to say the same thing. We we, we had missed, five, we literally missed six sacks. Five six game. Yeah, five six sacks missed. Easy. I want to see that I count drives end on third down with sacks. And Inge didn't give an excuse, but I mean. And I like that too. Not super hard either. He was just like, "Yeah, that's probably uh, one, one or two most slippery quarterbacks we will see all year." You know, so yeah. he tried to mm-hmm. set precedents and be like, "Hey, our guys really tried." Like ZTF got this man wrapped up in both of his arms, and the guy like just drops a level and slides out of his arms. I mean, that's kind of unprecedented. ZTF but and Savelle had Schley like at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, the whistle should have blown probably but would have been a sack and he ended up getting back to the line of exactly mm-hmm. exactly that's not going to happen more than once this year where exactly. ZTF has you in the grasp and then Savelle has you in the grasp and you don't go down that's that's sure. bringing that 241 sure, sure. not that 268 <laughs> <laughs> he arm tackling too shoot and then would have went down to 68 68 <laughs> oh yeah so okay, are we are we going to score predictions? For score predictions. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Uh, I know they lost a close game to San Jose State twenty-one seventeen last week. 
Um, I mean, the, the, no disrespect to those teams, but they're a little more on, on par with each other. Um, but I, I think they're Washington is looking to perfect and kind of keep the momentum going. Uh, I say the dogs take this one fairly easy. I'm going to say 55 6. Um, I think we don't kick any field goals other than PATs this one. I think we get seven of them things up there. We missed the 50 burger by one point. And uh, I don't think it's uh, – it's not intentional, but I think we win this one 49 to 3. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh man if, man, if Kalen scores 49 to 3 just to fuck Oregon, I'm, I'm making a t shirt. Jesus Christ. Give him a statue outside of Husky Stadium <laughs> for that. I don't, I don't want a 50 I want, I want, I want a 49 yeah, to 3. Anyway, Good, Jake. <laughs> no, no, no. If this, if this ends 49 to 3 and we score a touchdown in the last two minutes. Give Kalen a statue. Give Kalen a statue. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, But no, realistically, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 56-10. Oh, okay. I'm of a similar mindset with you, my friend. More points than Oregon last Um, week. And I say 58-13. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm with all that. They Jeez. put up USC put up 60, 66 or something like that on Rice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think uh, Portland State worse than Rice. Portland State worse than Rice. And I- We're gonna get Dylan Morris in there, so I don't know what's gonna happen after. What? <laughs> Rice looked like Bosmati, boy. Jasmine, red beans, <laughs> oh, red beans, right? Soft, boy. It was something. That's that Jasmine Rice. Boy. We, we, we don't. Rice doesn't go to the moon because it's easy. They go because it's hard. Well, evidently, so it's playing college football. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, a, a knock on their new shout out week two man edition uniforms uh all right anybody else got the four four home games oh, in a row yeah. man oh yeah all right i i think we can we'll see y'all at stanford <laughs> i think we can call that one uh a, a night uh thanks everybody for listening and go dogs go, go dogs. dogs go dogs baby drop them prices all of them fit left.